Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled women in the ring. Radio.com. This is episode number 69. I'm Felipe Leon, and with me, like always, always, Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Felipe. How, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for enjoying this nice weather. It's getting kind of uh, warm down here in Tijuana, San Diego, California. I'm sure it's getting a little bit warmer where you're at in Riverside, David. Oh, oh yeah, it'll be hitting 100 tomorrow. Oh, no. And then also, I think she just patched us in. Let me introduce and bring on to the air our second co-host from the Bay Area of California, Ms. Lupe Gutierrez. Lupe, how are you doing tonight? Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Good, good. We're live good, on the good, air. Good, Lupe. Good. Okay, so um, we've got a special, very special guest coming on in about 10 minutes. David and I know who it is. It's a surprise guest. Lupe doesn't know who it is, and we're not going to tell her until he oh he calls God. in. Until he calls in, and it's a he. So there's he? 50% of the, yeah, it's a he. But it's a very important he in the world of female boxing. And he's going to be calling in about 10 minutes to give us some breaking news here on the show. Uh, but before oh we go. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> before we go on that. <laughs> With that news, let's get started with the fight results of the last couple of weeks here on female boxing. Starting on Friday, June 28th, from Montreal, Canada, Mary Eve DeCarry scored a unanimous decision over Maria Lindbergh in a 10-rounder for defending her IBF 154-pound title. Scores were 99-91, two times, and 98-92. And something very interesting about this, uh, this woman by the name of Mary Eve DeCarry is that Fox Rick, we know there's an algorithm, the way that they rank their fighters, but she's actually ranked number one at Super Welterweight um, um, by Fox Rick. I don't know who's listening to it on uh, off the, I don't know if you want to turn it down a little bit. You can hear it. I don't know who that is. Uh, who's listening to the show. Uh, and you can kind of hear it, but I think, I think it went away. Um, so she's undefeated. She's the IBF 150-pound champion. So if you really think about it, she could be a future opponent for either, you know, uh, Clarissa Shields or maybe Cecilia Breakout if Breakout decides to move up to 154. Has anybody, uh, any of you two, actually seen any uh, footage of Mary Eve DeCarry? No. No, I haven't. Well, that's something that we need, we need to do and take care of because uh, she is undefeated and she, she she fights pretty regularly out there in Canada where I believe she's starting to make a name for herself. I'm going to do a little bit of research and next show maybe we have some information regarding as far as if she's fighting on TV and stuff like that in Canada. Also in Chihuahua, Mexico, that same Friday, Jamelis Mercado defeated versus, uh, via unanimous decision Karina Fernandez in a 10-rounder. Uh, for the WBC International 122-pound title, the scores over 97-91 three times. Carita Fernandez is the old sister of Diana La Bonita Fernandez, who fought um, Barbie Juarez oh, not yeah. too long ago. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, more now, features. All right. Yeah. On Saturday, June 29th in Santa Fe, Argentina, Roxana Bermudez, who's the third sister of the Bermudez clan, lost in a, in a surprise uh, split decision to Catalina Mariel Alvarez in a four-rounder. Uh, Alvarez, before this fight, was 0-3, and she ended up beating Roxana Bermudez, who was 2-0 and with one draw prior to this fight. Scores were, and this is kind of strange, uh, 39 and a half to 38 and a half for Bermudez, 40 to 37 and 39 and a half and 38 to Alvarez. So I think Argentina uses the half point. I don't know why, but, yeah. but they use it out there. She ended up losing. So out of the three sisters, uh, no, because uh, the the older sister, Roxana, I mean, uh, Daniela, she has lost it. She has a loss to Jessica Tutibop a long, long time ago. So I was going to say she was the only one that has lost, but that's not right. The only one that remains undefeated is uh, Evelyn Bermudez of the Three Sisters. Also, uh, on Saturday, on June 29th, from the Oasis Arena in Cancun, Mexico, this was uh, broadcast on Televisa. Yesenia La Niña Gomez scored a unanimous decision over Venezuela's Ana Victoria Polo in a 10-rounder to defend her WBC light flyweight title. Scores there were 99-91 and 98-92 to times. I watched this fight. Um, you know, Gomez is, is pretty good. She's pretty technical. She has a great right hand, pretty quick with her hands. And she's kind of like that prime example of a fighter who gets all that much better when she actually wins a world title. So she won the title mm-hmm. against uh, Esmeralda uh, Moreno, and she already defended it against Esmeralda Moreno. And now I think this is her third defense, and she's getting a little bit better and better um, as she as she, you know, gets more experience. She has plenty of experience, but eventually she's either going to have to defend against the interim WBC champion, Kenny Enriquez, or, as it's rumored, and, and Senesa Estrada has said it more than once, that Golden Boy is looking to maybe have her face her before the end of the year. So I don't know if Gomez can beat either one of those fighters, but I think she could possibly give them the best fight of, of their career. Yeah, it's a great fight, either one of them. That's all you can ask about. Yeah, and also in South Korea on that same Saturday, in June 29th, Kim Mi Choi scored a United decision over a Japanese Wakako Fujiwara to defend her WBA Super Featherweight title at, uh, at a 10-rounder. Scores there were a dominating 98-91, 97-92, and 96-93. And finally, on that same Saturday, from the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island, Shelly Vincent scored a unanimous decision in an eight-rounder against Brazilian Simona Aparecida da Silva in a featherweight fight. Scores there were 79-73 and 78-74 two times. What seems to be Shelly Vincent's last fight, she announced her retirement after this yeah. fight. Basically, she just said that she's too old. I think she's like 38, 39 years old. She keeps training. I follow her on social media, and she keeps training. Um... But I, as far as getting back in the ring as a professional, I think that's that's the end for her. We'll see. You know, they always say that, and then they come back. But yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with her. Uh, moving on, and like I did mention, about five to ten minutes, we're gonna have a very special surprise guest calling in and giving us some uh, breaking news. But moving on to Saturday, July sixth, from Argentina. Soledad Matisse scored a split decision over Cynthia Gisela Castillo in a 10-runner at 126 pounds. 
Scores there were 98-97, two times for Matisse, and 98-97 for Castillo. Matisse, a former world champion at 122 pounds. And possibly the biggest and most important fight of the last two weeks from Mexico City, Sanford gave us on the Azteca channel, Evelyn Bermudez, the other, one of the other Bermudez sisters from Argentina, scoring a draw against Silvia Torres, the younger sister of the great Ana Maria Torres from Mexico. Uh, Bermudez ends up getting or keeping her 108-pound light flyweight title. Scores there were 96-93 for Bermudez, 96-95 for Torres, and an even 95-95. And quite honestly, this is just another example. This summer, that an Argentinian comes to Mexico, fights, and gets the raw end of the deal because I, for one, saw Bermudez win this fight quite, not easily, but quite convincingly. She dropped Torres twice, once in the second round, once in the fourth round. She did slow down in the second half of the fight where Torres was able to kind of mount a, an offensive. But I think that Bermudez still ended up closing the fight pretty good in the last two rounds. But later I found out that all three judges were from Mexico. So I think the IBF dropped the ball a little bit there. I'm not, I haven't studied the the rules of the IBF, but I know that if they are pretty uh, standard with the rest of the organizations, when you have a world title fight, they try to have a, a, a judge from one of the countries, one of the fighters countries, and then one like a, a neutral one, but for this one, they all three fighters, all three judges, I'm sorry, were from Mexico. No Argentinian fighter, I mean, no Argentinian judge, no judge from at least another country. All Mexican. Silvia Torres is Mexican, and that's the decision that was given. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the fight. I did send you guys a video of the of the highlights, um, so I don't know if you guys got to watch that. If you got any thoughts on this fight. No, I think it's very hard to to knock somebody down twice and then end up in a draw because basically after two rounds, if you knock somebody down, that's a 10-8 round. So it, she was winning by four points basically after two rounds. So yeah, yeah after four rounds. For Torres, rounds. For Torres, for Torres to, to, to win a draw, that means she won every single round. <laughs> and it's a 10-rounder. It's a 10-rounder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She won every single round. Yeah, so it, and it, that wasn't the case. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of uh, yeah, it's not good for boxing. Period. I know, and no, and, 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 then, and then just on the heels of that, uh, Marcela Acuna, Jackie Nava decision about a month ago, uh, it doesn't bode well for for boxing, female boxing, or boxing in general in Mexico. But yeah, now, boxing because, in general. Yeah, boxing in general. Now with us on the line, coming in, our surprise guest who just called in about two minutes before we went on the air. He says he has some breaking news. None other than our, when did we call him promoter of the year, David? When did we name him? Uh, 2017? Was it last year? 2017. Oh, right. Okay, so the, so the two-minute round... Promoter of the year for 2017, none other than Mr. Lou DiBella. Lou, how are you doing tonight? Oh, wow. Hey, how are you, people? Nice to be with you. Um, hey, I, you know what? There's been a lot of funky decisions in women's boxing lately. So I, I, I feel the last conversation you had. 
Uh, I've seen a number of, of, of fights involving the ladies um, over the last few months that I've like really had my eyebrows up about. And, and you talked about a couple of them. Um, you know, while I thought that the the Katie Taylor fight with with Person was was you know somewhat competitive and close, uh, I didn't really think there was a doubt as to who won the fight. And I was a little bit surprised mm-hmm. when the decision came in. But maybe I shouldn't have been because it does seem lately that there's there's some politics operating with the ladies in women's boxing, mm. um, and I, and I, and I think that you know what I, I you know there, there's not the same economic um, what's what's the right word I'm searching for you you don't have the same economic pressures as, as you do with male stars because the the, the female boxing game right now is, is not. Um, competitive in terms of the money's money being paid and the money being generated. So you would think mm-hmm. that there's less incentive for funky decisions. Um, but it still seems that there's even with women having uh, a total, totally unequal kind of platforms and unequal pay and unequal opportunities in women's boxing. It seems that there, the, the, that the, the, the funky decisions and political uh, results um, are affecting the women's game just as much as they're affecting the men's game. But that's another conversation because I wanted to come on and, and tell you guys that on on, on next Wednesday night um, in Costa Rica, UFC Fight Pass is going to be televising in prime time um, a boxing show that's going to be headlined by Hannah Gabriels uh, in yeah. her uh, you know at home in Costa Rica defending her 54 pound. Um, WBA belt against uh, um, uh, Hold on, Abiel Vidal. Vidal yeah. is eight and zero, undefeated, twenty-year-old Argentinian. She captured the Argentinian and South American super welterweight belts this year. She's ranked number two by the BA, number three by the IBF, and in her last fight on June eighth, um, she impressively shut out. Uh, you know, the experienced three-time world title challenger, Yamila Reynoso. Um, and Reynoso is the girl who went the distance, if you remember, with Amanda Serrano on uh, Showtime Extreme um, a while back. And I think this is, uh-huh. this will be a fun fight for Hannah at home. We're expecting a big, big crowd. It's uh, this coming Wednesday night, uh, 7-17, from the Gymnasio Nacional in San Jose, Costa Rica. And um, there's a really good co-featured bout uh, featuring a – Oshaki Foster um, is a really good prospect that I promote. Uh, he's a kid that, that beat John Fernandez and, and mm-hmm. took away Fernandez's zero. Um, Oshaki Foster is also the WBC silver champion, and he's fighting a super featherweight bout against Jesus Bravo, who's 19-1 and one, um, from Lima, Peru. And then also on the card, uh, Trey Lippy Morrison, who's now trained by Freddie Roach, um, is returning after a long layoff. He's been injured for most of the past 12 months, and, and this is his first fight back in a while. And it's going to be um, streamed live on UFC Fight Pass next Wednesday night. Um, I think okay. it's going to be a terrific card. And, and it also showing that UFC Fight Pass is, is starting to really pick up um, you know, the pace with respect to getting involved in boxing, televising mm-hmm. interesting uh, you know, shows uh, from around the country and around the globe. And, um, yeah. and, you know, they're expanding their portfolio really to, to do a lot more boxing. And, and they do have a real um, openness and willingness to showcase la- the ladies. 
and Hannah will be in the main event um, on UFC Fight Pass um, next Wednesday night. So I wanted to. You guys have been the, the biggest supporters of women's boxing out there. This this uh, this podcast you have is 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 the show is is really one of a kind. Not enough people are are focusing on the on the ladies, and I wanted to get on and give you this guy you guys the scoop before a press release goes out tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Lou. We appreciate that. David, do you have any questions for Mr. Lou DeBella? He's calling in, I believe, from the East Coast, so um, he's, he goes to sleep late anyway, so it doesn't matter. David? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Lou, uh, tell the people uh, how you came about signing Hannah Gabriels and, and what enticed you to, to, to look into signing her. You know, Hannah's another one of these women who's just a great fighter, who's been a terrific fighter for a long time It doesn't benefit from the state of the industry and and she had to move up and wait to get that opportunity with Clarissa she wasn't fighting at a natural weight class and I think by far she gave Clarissa the toughest fight of Clarissa's career and she also had Clarissa on the canvas um, you know Hannah in my mind if you make it a pound for pound list of women fighters she's she's right below the the top you know uh, three she's right in that 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 top ten, you know, probably right below the top three or four, um, and, and I just think she's a great fighter. And if you've had the opportunity to spend any time with Hannah or talk to her, she's a, a really well-rounded lady. She's super smart, attractive. Um, she's a married to, to to another fighter, a mother, um, a great athlete. She's she's perfectly bilingual. Her English is better than a lot of the, the American fighters I promote. Um, and, and she's just an incredibly promotable lady with a lot of potential big fights you know, out there for her. And, and you know, I'd like to see her get a rematch in the future with Clarissa Shields, but at 154 pounds, um, where I think it, it'll be best suited for, for Hannah, as opposed to her moving up to a, to a, a weight that she wasn't comfortable with. You know, I... I uh, I, I was aiming towards some big fights for Hannah. There was um, a fight card that we were planning for a long time that I thought we were going to get an all-ladies show. I discussed this with you guys in the past. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought we were going to have an all-ladies show on Showtime. Um, mm-hmm. Showtime got upset when I set up a meeting for Deontay Wilder at The Zone, and I was just doing what I thought was the right thing. Um, but they felt that I, I needed to get, I think, uh, punished a little bit. And unfortunately... Mm-hmm. Um, the fighters that got hurt the most um, by by my you know the look I I, I want to do business with Showtime again and I'm hoping that Showtime will revisit you know giving more more ladies opportunities the way they've given them to Clarissa um, you know but but unfortunately Hannah Gabriel's uh, Alicia Napoleon Franchon Desern uh, Heather Hardy I mean they all they all got punished along with me um, because uh, some of the few guys at Showtime were upset with my actions. And look, actions have repercussions, and I get it. And um, mm-hmm. but I just think what happened wound up being uh, more unfair to those ladies than it was to me. I've been scampering to get opportunities for for these women. There's some stuff in the works right now for Heather Hardy. Um, Alicia Napoleon is going to be a guest commentator. She's, she's going to be part of the announce team next Wednesday night um, on, on, the, nice. on the, uh, the stream on UFC Fight Pass. And then Alicia is going to defend her title. Um, she's going to defend her title 
on UFC Fight Pass, likely in, at the end of August. Um, uh, Lou, so, are you going to so, be there? I will. I are you going to be, be there in Costa Rica? I'm not going to be in Costa Rica because I'm going to be someplace okay. else in bo- doing boxing business in Europe. Um, but uh, but my uh, my staff will all be there, and we're we're really excited about the show, and I'll be watching on UFC Fight Pass, which I now have on my my devices, and uh, and you know I I watch a little bit of UFC. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest MMA fan, but I, I have uh, I have gotten a lot more into it, and I do I do check out um, the programming on, on Fight Pass. But as a boxing fan now. Um, you know, you're getting a regularity uh, of, of, you know, decent boxing, you know, good quality boxing cards that they're starting to acquire for Fight Pass. And um, especially if you're a, a, a fan of, of both combat sports, um, Fight Pass is a terrific uh, service to subscribe to. Okay. Yeah, it's a surprise. It's a surprise that they're also doing the Eva uh, Wallstrom fight against uh, Ronica Jeffrey in a in a couple of weeks and uh, it's it's pretty interesting that they're involved with the female prize fighting. Well, but when you look at it though, I mean this is this is sort of something to focus on and maybe you know you you're going to get you're going to get the, the the Eva Wallstrom fight this coming Wednesday night on the on the 17th you you're getting Hannah Gabriel's defense and at at home um, against an undefeated challenger. And at the end of, of August, you're going to get Alicia Napoleon defending her WBA title. That's three women's title fights in uh, in a month and a half. Um, and uh, and I think that's well. Look, the, the, you got to give the UFC guys credit for the fact that they elevated the women's game in MMA and gave mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity to female fighters in their sport. Yeah. So I don't think it's an accident that when they're starting to get more involved in boxing, they're paying attention to the ladies. I think that's a great thing for women. And hopefully as UFC Fight Pass gets more comfortable and more invested in boxing as a sport, as a combat sport, that that they will uh, step up their um, their opportunities for the ladies in boxing because the ladies in boxing desperately need those opportunities. Yeah. Lou, now that we have you, what about the Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor? What are they? We see it all over social media. Uh, people are arguing back and forth. What are the chances or what are the odds of getting that fight made? I believe the fight could be made as a fight. I mean, Amanda's entitled to a second fight under the deal she did with Matchroom and the zone. Um, we were working on something that could be pretty big for that second fight. Um and and I think a Katie Taylor fight, the fight after that, I think that, that Amanda wants that fight just as much as Katie does. Um, I think Amanda's management is, has got issues with the money. Now, that being said, I think from, from the standpoint of Hearn and, and Matchroom, their position is that they made a deal with me, which they did, and I had the right to make the deal. And, and um, at the time I made the deal, it was the best opportunity out there for, for Amanda. But I think that, that the, Amanda's management wants to negotiate her purse as high as they can get it. And, you know, Katie, Katie, Katie's a big star in, in, in the U.K. and a big star. I mean, she's a, she's a transcendent star in Ireland, and she's one of the major stars of women's boxing. But the reason that's a super fight is because there are two super champions who are going to fight. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think Amanda's concern is, is, is that she wants to feel like, She's being treated appropriately 
vis-a-vis Katie. That doesn't mean any kind of parity or, or anything like that. But she's, you know, they're trying to squeeze as much, much money as, as they can get, um, and they want to feel like the, the money is being uh, divided up in a manner that's fair. You know, at the time we made the deal, they hadn't had fights with mm-hmm. Rose Vellante or, 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 or Delphine. And when you make those level of fights, and particularly in women's boxing, it's a small, like, it's not a big universe, the, the, the universe of, of women's boxing. And what other people get paid gets talked about. And I, I guess from Amanda's perspective, realizing that her fight with Katie is perceived as one of the, the real, you know, the biggest fights possible in women's boxing mm-hmm. – um, Jordan Maldonado, who's her, her manager, um, is holding out, trying to make sure he feels like he's being paid appropriately. And I understand both sides' perspectives. You know, I mean, I can make a deal that I'm allowed to make, but in boxing, as in any other personal services situation in the United States of America, I can't force somebody to do to, to perform. And if uh, and if and if Amanda and her management doesn't feel the deal is fair. Um, I can't make them fight, but I, I could tell mm-hmm. you right now that we're so close with respect to getting a deal done that I would be shocked if something's not done by early next week. Where, in other words, a game wow. plan that would lead a game plan that would lead um, to Katie Taylor in two fights. But Amanda would have to Amanda would have to win a, a fight before that. There would be an intermediate fight for Amanda who hasn't fought since January. Um, and she would fight um, uh, sometime in, in a September kind of time frame, and then possibly the Katie Taylor fight next. And this would probably be a lightweight. Absolutely. Would be. Well, her the fight with Katie Taylor would be a lightweight. I don't believe her next fight would be a lightweight. Oh, okay. Do you have any questions, Felipe? Yes, I do. Uh, Lou, now, there's a rumor going out in the media, and I'm glad you called because I did want to confirm it, where Amanda claims, I don't know if she claims, but she stated to the fact that, or somebody stated to the fact that you signed the contract for her because you have power of attorney. Is that true? No, no, it's no power of attorney. A promoter doesn't have power of attorney. But yeah, I, have the right to make her, no, I have the right to make her fights. Like, here's where people are confused. If I made a fighter's contract has minimums in it and, and, and provisions that I have to abide by, but I can't force a, a fighter into the ring. I don't have power of attorney and I can't sign a contract for the fighter, but I could, I could, I could sign a contract committing Amanda to fight on the zone and to, and to be co-promoted with Eddie for three fights. Um, and at the time, the numbers that were on the table were discussed with, with her management and, and, you know, her management knew everything I was doing. But when the manager says that he didn't sign a contract to fight Katie Taylor, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. But, but that's how boxing works. I'm able to commit my fighter if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm paying them in excess of the minimums in their contract. But I can't force them into the ring. And a, a fighter has a certain amount of leverage to, to demand, um, you know, the best deal that they could get by virtue of the fact that I can't force them into the ring. And I don't have power attorney for them. I'm a promoter. I'm not a slave owner. 
<laughs> now, Luke, in that contract you signed with Eddie Hearn and the Zone to commit Amanda Serrano to those fights, there wasn't any minimum purses or or a, a, a number that that she could get paid at least as a minimum for that Kenny Taylor no, fight. They, 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 no, they, they, there were numbers discussed and numbers that were were in the agreement, and the numbers would would be an all time big payday for for Amanda. But but since that 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 contract was done. Um, other fighters have been have made deals to fight Katie Taylor for a lot of money. Um, the Amanda fight with Katie Taylor is, is is perceived as like now with with this like Teresa's hammer fight in the in the rearview mirror. There's really not a more interesting fight right now mm-hmm. that you can think mm-hmm. of in women's boxing, and particularly yeah. with Katie Taylor looking so vulnerable against mm-hmm. Person um, and getting hit so much in that fight. Uh, even though Amanda is is probably more comfortable under 135, I mean she definitely is. I would say her best weight is probably 26. Mm-hmm. Um, after what I saw in the Perstone fight, I think the Katie Taylor fight with Amanda is anybody's fight, and I think it's going to be like World War Three. And and I mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know Katie's got got some size on Amanda, and 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 um, is, is a terrific boxer, but there's no question that Amanda has the edge in power. And that really is a super fight between two incredibly talented women. And you know what, like as great as Katie is, and she won the gold medal and the Olympian is the Olympian and a terrific superstar in Ireland, a lovely person, uh, great for women's boxing. Amanda's won world titles in seven weight classes. And, 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 mm-hmm. and it's probably, is probably a future hall of famer. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, 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 I understand Eddie's perspective that he made an agreement with me. Um, but I also understand the perspective of Amanda and her management that that uh, the fight hasn't happened yet, and that circumstances have have shed light on the fact that maybe um, she should, you know, be paid a little bit better than we originally agreed. And they're simply mm-hmm. doing what, what what fighters do all the time, and athletes do all the time, exercising their leverage to get paid the best they can. And you know, but right now we're we're, we're close enough. That I think that um, that Eddie and I should be able to work this out in the next week or so. Moving on to Heather Hardy, Lou. She mentioned uh, recently that she's gonna walk away for a little bit from the cage. Her MMA career didn't pan out probably to what she expected, and now she said that she has big things coming in boxing, which you kind of uh, confirmed a couple minutes ago. How much of that decision to walk away from the cage does Lou DeBella have to do with it? Did you have a talk with her? Heather's her own person, man. Well, I, I love Heather. We're like really close. Yeah. Um, but Heather, you know, Heather is a grown ass lady, a single mom. <laughs> She's been through hell and back in her life. She like Heather does what Heather wants to do. Um, She's also 37 years old. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Heather be the first to tell you um, that, 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 you know, getting older as an athlete's a bitch. And, um, and I yeah. think that, that, She's realized a bucket list, you know, goal. She's realized uh, one of her, her biggest dreams of, uh, you know, attaining a world championship and getting a banner hanging in Gleason's gym as as one of their world champions. Um, but she really hasn't had that kind of uh, career, you know, payday, and um, and she deserves it. And what I'm hoping to be able to announce shortly is that Heather's gonna gonna get a major fight. And, um, you know, she deserves it. 
I mean, she's always been an attraction. She sells tickets. She's a warrior. She's like a Gaddy Ward kind of spirit in oh, women's yeah. boxing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Heather, Heather doesn't have the science of a Katie Taylor or, or, uh, or, or you know, isn't as polished as an Amanda Serrano. Um, but for lack of a better word, and, and it's a word that doesn't, shouldn't apply very well to women, um, she's got giant cojones for a girl. And yeah. actually she's a giant she's giant cojones for any human being. Exactly. Um, I mean and she's shown that by the way, she's shown that in the cage where where I, I thought like in, in in MMA the one thing Heather has shown was a willingness to try something new, to throw down and to give yeah. it her best shot. And um and if you saw that 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 fight where she was bloodied and her nose was broken and she looked like a bloody mask. Um, you also saw yeah. the fact that she she never went down, and and she she they had to stop that fight. The doctor had to stop that fight. Heather would have kept fighting, um, and, and I think that she really is that kind of like Arturo Gatti, Mickey Ward kind of warrior um, in the women's boxing game. And I want to see her get that big fight that she deserves. I don't think no. that there's a lot of years left in Heather's career. No. I don't think Heather mm-hmm. thinks there's a lot of years left in Heather's career. Mm-hmm. The deal with UFC Fight Pass, Lou, um, is it your deal directly with them, or are you uh, doing it with Roy Jones Jr.? No, no. They're, they're, Roy has Roy, Roy's company, the company, um, uh, the, the Roy Jones promotional entity. Um, they have their own deal with Fight Pass, and, and, and they've done a pretty good job doing some, you know, quality you know, shows that, that are uh, – I've actually watched a bunch of their stuff recently – and, I, and I've been impressed by the fact that they've been a lot of competitive fights, and, they, and the shows are fun to watch. They're quality, kind of club level stuff, and, 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 and I've been, you know, favorably impressed. But Fight Pass is beginning to buy programming from other people. Um, I, I've already done a couple of shows with them. I, I did a terrific show uh, from Foxwoods, Connecticut, uh, about six, eight weeks ago, um, and I'm looking forward to the show in Costa Rica, and then coming back. Um, I'm working on another show that's going to be announced shortly. Uh, I'm actually going to, it looks like I'm going to do a little bit of a summer series with them. And, and we're looking at, at, at fights on July 17th, August 1, and on Thursday, August 29th. So those are three dates right now that we have circled. And, and next Wednesday night will be the first fight of a, a trio of summer fights that I'll be doing on UFC Fight Pass. So, so this little deal is, is just me. And you're going to see, I know that um, Ken Casey and Murphy's Boxing, um, you know, dropkick, Ken Casey to dropkick Murphy's, Murphy's Boxing out of Boston. They're mm-hmm. going to be doing a few shows. Um, Dimitri Salid has had a show on, on Fight Pass already. And I, and I know that there are others that are, are, uh, are, are also talking to UFC Fight Pass um, about, about doing some programming. So I, I think you're going to see, um, I know you're going to see more boxing on UFC Fight Pass. And, I, and I'm hoping that that's a harbinger of really big things in the future. Because the, the, more, the more platforms we have, the more people we have supporting the sport, the better off the sport is. Lupe, any questions for Mr. Lou DiBella before we let him go? Yeah, just really quick. You know, Lou, you answer all the questions that I have. You are such a great promoter for women's boxing, your women. You know, I'm Boxing Meets Beauty. I love to talk about Amanda Serrano, Heather Hardy, Tierra Brown. You, you, the things you always say and I read about, and I think my question was, 
I would read everything you'd have to say about your girls, and then all of a sudden you went silent recently, and I think you answered it. Was it because you said, like, you were in a little trouble and put in the, you know, in the timeout box? No, I got to be honest. When, when the women's show was canceled for June on Showtime, it, it was a real body blow to me. And then it also put me in a position of having to explain to a bunch of ladies that have worked real hard to win championships, to make themselves mm-hmm. into attractions, to be, um, you know, to promote themselves and market themselves and, and publicize themselves, um, that they were going to lose an opportunity they've been waiting for for years and one that they yeah. knew was coming. And literally, you know, we went from having a fight date to, to, to losing it um, overnight, and um, yeah. and I went a little bit. I, I think I probably went a little bit silent because I had my tail between my legs. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. and, I, and I also had to yeah. go out there and 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 here's the unfortunate part: there's not the kind of market for women's boxing that allows you to shop a quality women's show elsewhere. I mean, yeah. and, and and look, let's face realities: ESPN is a top ranked Bob Arum platform, and and. Top Rank and Bob are in the Michaela Mayer business, not really the women's boxing business. To this point mm-hmm. in time, Showtime's been in the Clarissa Shields business, not really overall the women's boxing business. And yeah. I support any woman getting an opportunity. I'm not a hater. I, I God, God bless Clarissa getting uh, the chances she's getting. She won two gold medals. She's a good athlete. She, you know, she deserves it. Uh, I'm happy when Jess- Jessica McCaskill gets a uh, zone date. I'm happy when Katie Taylor yeah. is fighting regularly. But it's not like you can go out there, put together a great women's show, and there are people out there that are buying those shows. There isn't really a champion yeah. right now. There's not a media champion. There's not a TV champion. There's not a streaming champion for women's boxing. And I think that's why yeah. it's so important whenever women's boxing is given a chance to showcase itself, like it's being given the chance next Wednesday night on UFC yeah. Fight Pass. And, you know, UFC Fight Pass is about 10 bucks a month, so anybody who's, who's a fan of both combat sports, you're crazy if you don't have it. And now where you're able to get a show or two, look, if you're a fan of women's boxing, you should, you, you should grab UFC Fight Pass right now and check it out at least for a few months because you know what's coming in the next, the next six or eight weeks. I mean, there's quality yeah. programming. Yeah. There's three women's title fights that are going to be on UFC Fight Pass between today and the end of August. I mean, that's sort of a big story, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Lou, we thank you for coming on the show unannounced, but we always uh, we are welcome here. The 2017 two minute round promoter of the year, and we thank you for that exclusive. And uh, we wish you all the luck. Thanks, guys, and, and ladies. Have a good, have a lovely evening. Great talking to you. You too, Lou. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye bye. Take care, Lou. Bye. And then you added the always candid. And they're always talking to Mr. Lou DiBella here on the two-minute round. We thought we were going to have a special guest today, and we had a very special surprise guest in Mr. Lou DiBella. Some, 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 that was great. Some really good stuff um, from Lou. Um, that one question about the power of attorney. I mean, it was kind of strange that a promoter would have power of attorney. I mean, the only people I know that have power of attorney yeah. is, like, spouses or parents. Lawyers. Um, lawyers, and he's a lawyer. Military. Uh, but that's, Military. Yeah, but that's why, that's why we wanted to uh, touch bases with Lou, and I'm so glad he called. And now he gave us a scoop where next Wednesday night, 
from Costa Rica, San Jose, Costa Rica, Hannah Gabriels, who is a huge, huge star. David, you saw her fight in Costa Rica once, didn't you? Oh, yes. She's massive over there. I mean, expect yeah. – uh, it, it won't be as big as the, the fight that I saw her in, but she'll probably get a good 10,000 people there in the stadium there. And it's right in the, the heart of the city of San Jose. And I wouldn't be surprised if the president of the country shows shows up to her fight. Yeah, because wow. now she's working with the United Nations. She's got a she's working on a human trafficking and and abuse. I mean, she's going to be the face of it. She's she is a hero over there, and for women across yeah, the world. She's yeah, the she's, whole she's a great she's person. Beautiful, tough. Yeah. Yeah, and she's she building is. herself up. I mean, she did have that, that big fight with Clarissa. Where I mean, Clarissa shields Michael down as quite possibly. The greatest, like she, she, she says it. She's saying a little bit early, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, she might go down as the greatest woman boxer of all time. And one thing yeah. that Anna Gabriels can say is that, hey, she might be the greatest, but I had her on the canvas, and there's no denying yeah. that she went down. You know, so and, and yeah, I, and she I, will I, have that. And I do agree with Lou that I would love to see that rematch at 154 pounds, and it might very well happen because Clarissa Shields is heading back down. And well, she's not back, but she's heading down to 154 pounds in her next fight. Uh huh. That's now, a really good rematch. Let's move it would on. Be uh, great. Well, I mean, moving on to a little bit of the fight chatter that we had uh, prepared here. Well, one of the the first question is that. Luke gave us a lot of insight in it, is that they're definitely looking to make that fight between Amanda Serrano and Kelly Taylor. Amanda Serrano publicly went on Twitter a couple of days ago and um, declared that she wants that fight as soon as possible. I mean, she does have the right in that contract with the zone to have one fight between, and Mr. Ludabella did mention to us that they are looking to make that fight, and they're looking to announce it as early as next week, a big fight for Amanda Serrano in a weight class under 135 and then doing Katie Taylor at the end uh, of the end of the year, the end of the year. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is a super fight. Amanda Serrano said it when she said, this is a fight that the fans would love. And she's right on about that because it is what the fans want. Everyone knows Katie Taylor. Everyone knows Amanda Serrano and there's a, Amanda Serrano has a lot of naysayers and I think she wants to shut the naysayers up. Mm. Now, yeah, go ahead, David. Well, whenever you're that big, you get naysayers. <laughs> yeah, which is something, yeah. which is actually a good thing because that means there's going to be a lot thing. of people who want to see you lose, a lot of people who want to see you win. <laughs> yeah. Now, and there's my some question... people who say she hasn't fought anybody, and it's you know mm. what? She'll fight Katie Taylor, so she's got to do it, and the fans will love it. I'll love it. My my question <laughs> to both of you. Is and we'll start off with Lupe first, and then David. Um, I agree, mega fight, big fight, and like Lou said it in the interview, that after Clarissa Shields and Christina Hammer, this is possibly the biggest fight that could be made in women's boxing, with the two mm-hmm. two of the biggest names of the sport. But is it more important than the rematch against Delphine Persoon? Right now? Is it more important right now? 
Or do we have to see Taylor beat the few pursuit so that we can say, okay, she she beat her, no question, no no controversy. Is that the fight we need to see first, or do we need to see Amanda Serrano first? Lupi, your thoughts. It depends what you're a bigger fan of. If you're an Amanda Serrano fan, you're going to say that one first. If you think that that was an unfair fight between Katie and Delphine, you're going to say that one first. David? You know, so it might be um, oh. it might be equal. What do you think, David? Uh, I think um, if I was Katie Taylor's manager, I would want to fight Amanda Serrano first. Mm. Only because she's a smaller girl. Uh, Delphine is a big girl, and Katie took a pounding, so she needs a little rest from from a, a girl that big. And I think Amanda Serrano is a little smaller. It's more about speed than power. Even though Amanda hits hard, she hits hard as a featherweight. Not, not as much as the lightweight, even though she won the lightweight title by knockout. Uh, I, I think Delphine is just a, a big girl. And uh, I think they yeah. want to push that aside. But going, the, going, on that vein, going on that vein, I mean, yeah, it might be, it might be a fight against not so big of, a, of an opponent, but is it an easier fight than Delphine Pursuit? I mean, I mean, Amanda Serrano is a pretty good fighter. I mean, one of the best out there. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, is it an easier fight, even though she's smaller? I, well, I, Amanda's I got some good confidence going right now. And how's Katie Taylor's confidence? So it's that, too, you know? Amanda's ready. I, I think... And, but so and, is Delphine. It's a, it's a matter of styles. And Amanda's a, a real technically... Uh, a polished fighter, Delphine's not. Delphine is, is mm-hmm. she comes at you from all right. kinds of ways and angles, and yeah. she changes stances and she squares yeah. up. She does everything wrong, but then she, she just wants to hit you. Yeah. Now, touching on what you said, David, the manager of Katie Taylor, Brian Peters, went publicly on a, on a in a newspaper article out there in Ireland that says that Delphine Pursuit must raise her profile before the rematch can be made. So it looks to me, like you said, that they're kind of trying to move away from that fight for at least the time being and and make that Amanda Serrano fight. According to – that's what – you know, what he said and then what you said, David, it kind of leads – goes down the same path. Yeah, I think uh, they – I don't think Delphine needs to raise a profile. I think I they need to get away from that. Either. That is so insulting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and and that's I agree with Lupi. I mean, she doesn't. Yeah. She didn't need it. She didn't need to do it before the fight. I mean, she was getting no, the WBC so belt, you know. And for him to say that, you know, it, to me, it's what you're saying, David. That they kind of want to move away, but they don't want to say it that way. And then now they're trying to use so this insulting. excuse because Delphine pursuing. I mean, she basically. Raised her profile by having the oh, majority yeah. of the people that watched that fight think she won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a very close fight. It was it was the best fight of the year so far. But yeah, I think I they agree. don't want her to get in back to back wars. Mm-hmm. Now, looks like we have a call here. Let's <laughs> patch in. Let's patch in the caller seven seven three two four three. Let's see who we have here. Welcome to the two minute <laughs> round. Hooks and jabs. Look, uh, how may we help you? <laughs> this is Rick Ramos. What's up, Dave? What's up, everybody? Hey, hey Rick. Hey, how hey, you hey, doing? Rick, this is the, how are you? This is the, uh, the hey, surprise guest. 
the Price Guest yeah, uh, calling calling show. What's up, Rick? <laughs> Nothing. You know, guys, we're talking about uh, all the female bosses, so I'm like, I gotta jump in this. <laughs> yeah, you didn't call for nothing, Rick. You didn't call for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Let's hear it. No, I just wanted to. I wanted to say hello and you know check in with everybody. You guys are always nice to Jessica and I, and I figured I'd call since the uh, since the talk is getting exciting, you know. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited about women's boxing. It's going to be awesome this year, I think. Rick, hey, uh, Rick, can I ask you? Hey, Rick, can what? I ask you something? Go ahead, Lupi. What's that? What are you? So Jessica won that fight, and it was great. It was exciting. I love the entire thing. And the next day, people calling her out for the belt. What did you think about that? Too soon? Uh, well, you know, too soon. For the girl, I don't even know her name, Christy, from uh, um, Greece. Um, you know, she she has the belt, so we're Lina gonna draw the belt. So obviously, what's that? Her name is uh, Christine Lina Tardo from Greece. Medusa. Yeah, yeah so I, like yeah, WBO like said, WBO gonna, champ. Right, we plan to unify, and um, so obviously she's in our way. So that's a that's a girl that we're definitely um probably gonna get to. Uh it's just a matter of time, you know, it's just uh as long as she holds on to her belt, you know, we'll get to her. We don't plan to go outside of uh title fights. So looks like we'll probably go for the IBF next and then hopefully uh the WBO. Everything happens smoothly with Musos fight and maybe we get the WBO fight and unify. And at that yeah. point, excuse me, at that point, anything is possible. You know, maybe a possible rematch with TV, maybe uh, a matchup with one of the big names. I mean, there's so many possibilities now. Now, in that article, Rick, in that article, Rick, in that article that Brian Peters, uh, in that interview that he gave out to the Irish newspaper, Brian Peters, the manager, Katie mm-hmm. Taylor, mentioned that a possible fight before even the few pursuing or the rematch with the few pursuing is quite possibly moving up to 140 and having a rematch with Jessica McCaskill. But by the talk that we just had with Lupe Zabella, that might not be until 2020. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, listen, everybody's got to do their job, right? Katie's got Katie's to keep winning. We got to keep winning. Um, these aren't easy fights for Katie or Jessica. You know, so anything could happen. You know, the, obviously for us, the goal is to get a rematch with Katie. And, um, you know, we want to make history, obviously. And, you know, and a big funny, a big fight like that is a lucrative, lucrative fight for us. And it could be mm-hmm. a massive draw if, if both girls keep winning. You know, if Katie gets past Toronto and gets past Delphine again, you know, and Jessica unifies, that could be a massive fight for female boxing, you know, and. We'll see yeah. what happens. Jessica's exciting, you know. Jessica likes to bang, and Katie will come forward, and you know anything at that point could happen. We fought Katie early in our career, and and now we beat the champions they put in front of us. So this time could be different. Yeah. David, any I'm questions excited. for Rick? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, what's uh, what's in store for Jessica next? Do you have any kind of hints for us for the listeners? Um, you know what? You, we were in the locker room uh, before the fight, and we talked to Eddie. Eddie came in to see us, and, you know, our plan is to unify 140, you know. So it looks like um, Delphine will be – I'm sorry, Delphine. Um, it looks like uh, Bustos will hopefully be next first, 
And uh, if we're victorious, then we go for WBO. So that's the plan. Um, you know, obviously in boxing, anything can happen. If Katie decides to come up early, that could be a scenario. If Cecilia plans to come down to 140, another scenario. If we have options, it looks like 140 is going to be the money spot in the next for the next year and a half, maybe two years. So we need to hold on to our belts. Yeah. Rick. We had Jessica McCaskill a couple weeks before her last fight, and we asked her the same question about unifying, and she said she said in that interview with us here on the show that she maybe wasn't really thinking about unifying, but she was thinking more about big fights. But now you guys are definitely looking to unify. What what brought that change? Did you guys sit down as a team, like I, I'm pretty sure you guys did, and just really put pen and paper and saw that that was the best thing to do at 140? Well, that, first of all, that's a phenomenal question, and you know I was sitting next to Jessica when she answered that. At that moment, uh, we were looking for we were looking to come up to 147, you know, maybe catch weight 144 to go get Cecilia if she's willing to have us, and hold our belt at 140. So that was an option last December, but um, the negotiations the negotiations fell through, so we didn't get that fight, but. Uh, we we working with Eddie Hearn now. We signed with Eddie and the Zone, and you know. So when we talked to Eddie before the last fight, you know, Eddie wants us to unify and great opportunity. So we didn't really know what our options were until we talked to Matt and Eddie Hearn and the Zone. And now that we had those conversations, it looks like uh, we're going to go the unified route and try to get the, the rematch with Katie Taylor. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Jessica, you guys know, Jessica, Jessica and I, we want big fights. We want big names. We don't want to clown around and, you know, do anything small. We want big names. We want, as, I mean, honestly, we want everyone, but it's just, uh, we need support. We need backup. We need to be, uh, we need to be crowd-pleasing, and I think Jessica's got the support now, um, and I think she's crowd-pleasing, to say the least. So, um, yeah. as long as we keep winning, we, we should have uh, the big fights in front of us. How soon? Uh, how soon are we be seeing Jessica in the ring? When's her next fight? Um, the last I talked to Eddie was the night of the fight, and we were hoping to get September. So it could be September or October. So we could be in. We could be in the ring in about two months, maybe three months tops. Mm, okay, David. Any other questions, Lupi? Any other questions? Uh, yeah, uh, Rick. Uh, Talk about some of the other fighters you have. I know you have uh, several other <laughs> female fighters, and they're all doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, hands. we have. Yeah, we. You know what? Jessica set the tone. She set the bar really high, and you know I got uh, Kim Carlson. Kim Carlson. We just qualified for Olympic trials, so we have Olympic trials in December for Kim. So uh, Kim Carlson's a big uh, a big prospect coming up in the amateur. I also have Andrea. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, Alejandra Ayala from Tijuana. Alejandra, hopefully we fight next month, and then uh, after we get another win, looking for a title shot. She's in the 47th. She's uh, she's fought as high as 60, so she's 154, 147, 140. We have many options for her. Uh, we're looking for a title shot. We're looking for a real opportunity, and uh, not just a payday. We're looking for an opportunity to pull off uh, an upset. So we'll see what happens at 147 or even 140. You know, uh, anything's possible. And the last one, 
Summerlin. She just turned 18 maybe two weeks ago. She's two-time national champion. Uh, I had her since she was like 12. She just turned 18. I'm super excited about her. I think uh, she's a young lion. I think she's going to be a superstar. And she's got knockout power. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited for all my girls. All my girls are doing really well. What weight class is uh, Summerlin? Summerlin, she's fought as low as 140. She's fought as high as 54. I'm sorry, she's fought as high as 60. So she could punch. She's fought, you know, and and a lot of those times we fluctuate weight just to get fights. Obviously, as you guys know, there's not a lot of fights for her. So we had to go from like 40 to 47. We had to go to 54. We went to 60 one time. So it's, you know, my girls float around right around 47. 40 to 54 is for real. But she could high, she could fight as high as 160. But I like to keep her 147 would be ideal on a pro debut. She could be pro in three months maybe. So wow, sounds exciting. good. Sounds good. Yeah, now, definitely. Uh, well, Rick, we want to thank you for giving us a call here on the two-minute round from Chicago, the trainer and manager of Jessica McCaskill, the unified 140-pound champion, and also uh, up-and-comer Alejandra Phoenix Ayala. Before we let you go, Rick, I'm going to seek you out and see if I can get together to do an interview with Alejandra Ayala. I'm pretty familiar with her. I've seen her fight here in Tijuana, and I kind of want to get her story of how mm-hmm. she ended up in the Windy City because... From Tijuana yeah, to sure. Chicago, it's a big change in the weather, <laughs> baby, and I want to see how she's doing uh, with yeah. that. So, uh, thank you, Rick, and uh, we'll be yeah, in touch. Sure. No problem. Yeah, Bye, Rick. definitely awesome to talk to you guys. Thank you, hey, uh, Lupe. Be good, everybody. Be good, Dave. Be good, everybody. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rick. Thanks for having me. Salute. Yeah. Hey, Rick. Can I tell you one thing? Yeah. We talk about your girls, Anything. Blanca and I, because we met all your girls. You know, your team is not only tough, but they're educated. They're beautiful girls. Like, you guys, you run. There's a method to your madness, and you're, you guys are all smart, and you're business-wise, all of you. And we I, talk about that. I, I when appreciate we talk to it. Our girls, yeah. When we talk to our girls, Jessica McCaskill is one that we, we put up to them. This is what you want. Yeah. You want to fight. You want to go to college. You want to be in business. That's who we show. And that's how we see yeah. your what? girls, your fans. Well, yeah, congratulations, Rick. All my girls have college degrees, and Summer, Summer Lynn, she starts college in a month. So I'm hey, very, very, very lucky Summer, to have some smart people. Can you bring Summer Lynn to Beautiful Brawlers before she goes pro? <laughs> have her yeah, for sure. Come on, Rick. I am definitely trying to. I'm definitely trying to. It. It's awesome to talk to you guys. Um, All right. And good talk to you guys. Anytime. I would love to come on. Thank you, Rick. Have a Bye, good Rick. one. All right, guys. Take care. Good night. Bye. Good night, Rick. And there you had Rick Ramos out of Chicago, trainer and manager of Jessica McCaskill. Summer Lynn, who's going to be going pro pretty soon. Alejandra Phoenix Ayala, a welterweight prospect. And Kim, what was it? Kim Clavel? Kim Carlson. Yeah, Kim Carlson. I'm sorry. Kim Carlson. Okay. And lastly, uh, moving on to our fight chatter. Lastly, in our fight chatter, Mark Taffet better known as a HBO exec, now um, boxing manager and co-manager of Clarissa Shields, announced that he signed to a management agreement none other than IBO uh, super welterweight champion Anna Rankin from Scotland. So, uh, yeah, so he has her. And, and Mark Taffet, I mean, one thing he does know is the, the business of boxing, and he's done very well with Clarissa Shields. Uh, and now we're going to see what he does with Anna Rankin. 
Absolutely. He's a smart guy. I mean, it's funny that we had three, we're talking about three of the smartest people in uh, mm-hmm. boxing. Oh, we yeah. have two of them on right now. Rick Ramos yeah. and Lou DeBella. <laughs> yeah. We should get Mark Taff. We should try to get Mark Taffet. We never had Mark Taffet on here, so we should try to get Mark oh, that's Taffet right. on the show. You know yeah, what? we never had him. That's that's a good one. We should get him. Let's set it up. We got we, we got some Yeah, we got some stuff working. We got some stuff working for the next couple of weeks, our next shows. Uh I don't wanna um I don't wanna jinx it by naming some of the people that we're trying to get on the show, but we're gonna get some people we haven't had here before and it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting and one of them definitely should be Mark Taffet. And and he could I mean, if one question that there is for Mark Taffet, after everything that he's done in boxing with HBO and everything so he could have he could have had his pick of the litter of who he wanted to manage, and he went with a female fighter. I mean, like I said ten minutes ago, quite possibly the greatest woman of all time by the end of her career, Clarissa Shields. But at the end, still a female fighter with everything that Lou DeBella uh, said in his interview regarding the business of female boxing. So that would be a great question to to pose, uh, Mr. Mark Tapper. Why Clarissa Shields? and not any other fighter that he could have grabbed. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's an oversight on my part because I know Mark very well. I could have invited him before, uh, uh, but uh, we we can get Mark Taffer. We'll get him. We'll get him uh, pretty soon. Um, So let's move on to the upcoming calendar here. We got some pretty uh, interesting fights coming up, and one of the most interesting and possibly, possibly historic is this Friday, July 12th from Tokyo, Japan. Naoko Fujioka versus Tenke Tsunami, quite possibly two of the best fe- uh, Japanese female fighters ever produced from the land of the rising sun, are going to face each other in a 10-rounder for the WBA 112-pound title. That's the title that Fujioka is an owner of. And uh, it's happening this Friday night, David. I know that our Japanese <laughs> on the road yes. wrote a good piece on it on the PriceFighters.com. Yes, it'll come out about 4 a.m. Uh, there's a it, it'll be shown streamed on YouTube. Uh, one of the places you can okay. get it. It's I, I'll, I'll provide this right now. She sent me a link. It's actually if you go to YouTube and look under the letter A, capital A dash, then sign S I G N. Mm. Boxing A dash sign boxing. Uh, they're they're streaming the fight live tomorrow at four a.m. Okay. Four a.m. Okay. Pacific Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard Time. So that's seven a.m. Eastern Time. Okay, perfect. Okay. So there you have it. A dash sign S I G N boxing on YouTube. Search that out tomorrow at four a.m. If you're in. Uh, the West Coast, or 7 a.m. if you're in the East Coast, and then you can figure out the rest for Middle America, and um, and you'll be able to watch uh, one of the best, if not the best, Japanese female fighter of all time, Naoko Fuyoka, defending her WBA flyweight title against the probably the second best female fighter out of Japan, Tenkei yep. Tsunami. So so that's gonna be a great that's gonna be a great fight, and in the future, like Lou Bella said, that the UFC fight pass is gonna get into international fights. I don't know if there's another country besides perhaps Argentina that they want to look towards. I mean, Mexico already, you can get a lot of the Mexican fights. It's not on you, not live on YouTube. Um, 
a day or so later, but you could hardly grab stuff out of Japan. So if the UFC wants to go into Japan, that would be a great market for female fighting. Absolutely. Now, on Wednesday, July 17th from San Jose, Costa Rica, now you'll be able to watch this live from on the UFC Fight Pass. Ana Gabriel taking on Abril Argentina Vidal in a 10-rounder at 154 pounds for the WBA title. And on Thursday, July 18th in France, Maiva Hamadouche will be defending her IBF 130-pound title against Janet Perez in a 10-rounder. And the same night, on July 18th, from the Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio, California, Marlene Esparza defends, I believe, her title, her that, that WBO, NABO title against a pretty tough Mexican fighter by the name of Sonia Osorio in an eight-rounder at 110 pounds. Oh, yeah. So, I think that's a pretty good fight for Esparza, and I think that's going to be on paper her yeah. toughest fight to date. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Are you are you both coming now? Uh, no, I'm not going to be able to make it because it's a Thursday, but you're going to be there, right, David? Yes, I'll definitely be there. All right, so I'll we're going to get some. Yeah, we'll be watching the zone. We'll be getting yeah, um, some sure. first. I'm uh, not going to miss that. First person well, actually, to actually be on Facebook. Yeah. It'll be on Is Facebook, that not the Zone. Oh, on the Facebook Live? Facebook Live? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so yes, Facebook Live. That's, that's one of those fights you can't miss. That's a must-see, you know, for me. Yeah, because we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see her development. We're going to Like we said, it, we said mm-hmm. it on the show before that her development in the pro ranks have been a little bit slower than other fighters that came out of the same um, generation, if you want to put it that way, from that Olympic team. We're talking Clarissa Shields. We're talking about... Raquel Miller, uh, we're talking about Franchon Cruz Desern, Michaela Mayer. All these women know each other from that generation of USA boxing. And in my opinion, Marlene Esparza, as far as transitioning from amateur to pro, hers has been the slowest transition. And, and obviously, we got to give her the benefit of the doubt because she did have a baby uh, and she had to take some time off for that. But this fight is definitely going to let us know where she's headed. Because Sonia Osorio, her record not, might not be that impressive, but she's fought some tough fighters, and she's a tough fighter. Yeah. Now, on Friday, July 19th, from the Yorkshire, Yorkshire England, Terry Harper takes on Nocifo Bell in a 10-rounder for the vacant IBO 122-pound title. Saturday, July 20th, from Essex, England, Chantel Cameron takes on Anisha Bashio in a 10-rounder for the 135-pound WBC silver title. So that she could be, if she ends up winning that title, she defends that title, she could be a, a future opponent for Katie Taylor if she stays yeah. as a champ for the WBC. And Saturday, July 20th, from London, England, Sherelle Brown takes on Christine Babington for the vacant WBC international 140-pound title, so that could be a future opponent for Miss Jessica McCaskill. And lastly, also on July 20th, um, a recent guest here on the two-minute round, we had a Fresh Faces edition with her, Amy Salinas, the Picosita from Las Cruces, yeah, New Mexico, will be traveling to Albuquerque to take on Randy Lean Morales in a four-rounder at 112 pounds. And if you haven't had a chance to listen yes. to the interview, you can listen to the archives here on the two-minute round and listen to that exclusive interview with Miss Amy mm-hmm. Salinas, 18 years old, 2-0. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm excited about seeing her. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Let me uh, let me do a quick recap. Friday, this Friday, 4 a.m., tomorrow morning, 
Pacific Standard Time, 7 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. A dash sign, S I G N, boxing on YouTube. Naoko Fuyoka, 10K Tsunami, WBA 112 pound tighter. Wednesday, July 17, on the UFC Fight Pass, Ana Gabriels against Abrel Argentina Vidal for the WBA 154 pound title. Uh, and on Facebook Watch, on Thursday, July 18, Marlene Esparza against Sonia Osorio in the name rounder, 112 pounds. And then the other stuff is not going to be televised here in the United States, but you could look for that there. Any other uh, thoughts or uh, anything else you guys want to share tonight? No, great show, you guys. I know. It was good show, good show, great show. Lou DeBella, yeah. Rick Ramos. That was great. Yeah, that was. So it was a grand slam, the grand slam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and was, our next show is scheduled for July 25th. Uh, we're gonna have uh, a special guest. I'm not gonna get it. Uh, I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag, but we're working on some stuff. And then uh, later on this summer, we'll have Mark Taffet. We'll have a couple other uh, female fighters, and then whoever else yeah. we can scrounge up to get on the show. We want to thank everybody <laughs> for listening. And our next show is scheduled July 25th here in the two minute round forward slash. Uh, well, I'm sorry, blogtalkradio.com forward slash two minute round. Follow us on Twitter, two minute round. Follow us on Facebook, two minute round. Follow us everywhere. David Avila, Lupe Gutierrez, <laughs> myself, Felipe Leon. Have a great night. Great. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye. And now.